Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's episode, we're going to be talking just a little bit about Scripture and its power. So, Scripture is very powerful, of course, because it is breathed out by God. And one of the things I wanted to show you today is and tell you is the fact that Scripture is so powerful that even the devil himself refers to Scripture and has used it. Now, to get started here, I'm going to go and just talk a little bit about Scripture. We're going to go to 2 Timothy um, 3.15, and it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So right there it tells us, even from a child, if you're able to know scriptures from a child, you're able, these scriptures are able to make you wise unto salvation, you know, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So by reading the scripture, you can see that faith in Jesus Christ is what saves you. Okay, we can go on to 316 here. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the Bible is full of scripture, and some scripture may not directly apply, let's say, to Gentiles in this church age. There are different dispensations. However, scripture is given you know, the scripture that is given is given by God, and it is profitable, like it says here, for doctrine or reproof. You can look at scripture in the Old Testament, and you can, you know, give reproof to somebody who's doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Um, it's for correction. You can give correction to somebody who's doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And like it says here, also for instruction in righteousness. So the scripture tells you what's righteous and what's not righteous. So all of it's good. I mean, if you had the question of how good is it, well, even the devil uses it. So it must be pretty good for him to use it. Now, he does distort it, and he tries to use it for his own selfish gain. However, he does try to use it himself. Now, one of the reasons the devil likes the scripture, for example is it says here in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is quick, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So that's, that's a pretty powerful statement right there. That's a, that's a powerful verse. Um, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So right there it tells you it's also a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What that means summed up is, you know, you start saying God's word to somebody and you can find out real quick what somebody's thoughts and, are, and intents are by how they respond to the word of God. If they respond in a negative way and act crazy and run away, obviously you can see the intent, what their intent is. 
So the word of God is a good way to discern, you know, what's going on around you and how people are. If you want to know how somebody is, you just start talking to them about Jesus Christ and you're going to find out real quick what kind of person they are. Now, the only way you're ever going to find out what the word of God says is you are going to have to study it. Okay, now in 2 Timothy 2.15 is the only command in the Bible that tells you what you need to do here as far as studying. And it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, that particular verse is removed from almost all other Bibles except the King James Bible. And my theory on that is they don't want you to study. They do not want you to study for yourself. They don't want you to know that God gave a command to study the word. So they just removed it. But, you know, you're studying to show yourself approved unto God. So, in other words, for you to understand what God wants, what God is telling you he wants, he has already written it down. It's already written down in the Bible. So you can find out exactly what's expected of you from God if you'll just study. Okay, study the word and and you won't be ashamed like it says. And you can also rightly divide the word of truth. So Rightly dividing the word of truth means you can look at something that was, you know, from a different dispensation, like Noah and the ark, let's say, and you can divide that and tell it, you can tell it apart from, let's say, something in Romans that is for a Gentile. So, for example, Noah didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. All he knew at that time was to be saved, he had to get on an ark. Now, you jump ahead, you know, three or four thousand years to Romans. Now we have Paul, the Apostle Paul, telling you what Jesus Christ said. And now to get saved, you must have faith, faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. So that's completely different than what Noah, for example, needed to do. So Old Testament, New Testament, there's lots of different things there, but basically what that boils down to is rightly dividing the word of truth. So now let's fast forward a little bit to what we were going to talk about originally, and that is old Satan quoting scripture. Okay, so we're going to jump over here to Matthew And start off in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And this is basically the temptation of Jesus. Okay, so to start off, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So, you know, Jesus has been walking around. He's got his ministry. He goes up. He's led up into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to fast. Okay, so this is where it's this is where it starts. And you go to verse two, it says, And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered. Okay, so he's been up there for forty days and forty nights and hasn't eaten anything. So obviously the devil's standing probably right around the corner watching this whole thing. 
if he's not watching and he's got some demon out there watching it, but I'm sure he's watching it himself because lo and behold, here comes verse three. It says, and when the tempter came to him, okay, now the tempter is the devil. Okay, so the tempter comes to Jesus and he says, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So we know that Satan's hanging around and he knows that Jesus is hungry. So he shows up and he's like, hey, you know, if you're the son of God and you're hungry, you know, just command these stones to be bread. You're God. You can, you can turn stones into bread and eat it. Okay. So here comes Jesus and he says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So in Satan's first temptation here to Jesus, Jesus responds by doing what? By quoting scripture. And he quotes Deuteronomy 8, 3. Well, I'll read 1, 2, and 3. Let's start at Deuteronomy 8, 1. Um, basically, it says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. So this is talking about whenever um, they're roaming around for 40 years in the wilderness, okay? And they didn't have anything to eat, so God provided them manna. And so here comes where Jesus quoted, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So what he's trying to do here is basically it's going over God's testing of Israel in the wilderness. And when they were in the wilderness being tested, he provided manna for them to eat. So basically the whole, one of the whole points of that 40 year experience there with these, you know, Israelites running around out there, um, was the experience of them having to rely on the Lord for food and for manna is what it was the food it's basically to humble these children of Israel to prove them, you know, to know what's in their hearts and to see whether or not they're committed to keeping God's commandments. So now Jesus at this point is not like Israel per se, but he was at one of the points of his greatest physical deprivations because, um, you know, he was starving. He was very, very hungry. But Jesus did not allow his physical body and his cravings to overpower his thoughts of God. So by doing this, you know, he basically disarmed Satan by reading off Scripture. And the Scripture he used was had the same thing to do with 
you know, these Israelites out in the wilderness not eating. And that's what he says. He says, you know, the man does not live by bread only, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. So he quotes scripture. So, of course, just quoting scripture one time doesn't seem to do much. So Satan comes back. Of course, he's, he's right there still. And so we go to Matthew verse 5, and it says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. So he had him follow him up there and says, Here you go, look out over this, look out over this, you know, area. And verse six says, And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, Ah, here we go. Now Satan is now quoting scripture to Jesus. And he says, For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So where did where did the devil get that? Where did where did where is he quoting that from? Well, he's quoting it from none other than King David over here in Psalms. So Psalms ninety one Verse 11 through 12, and it says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. So this whole entire psalm here, um, King David wrote, and he's talking about his refuge and his fortress. You know, and he says, you know, that the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God. In him I will trust. You know, and surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And so he goes on and on and here about how God is going to deliver you. Okay, and he will. But that doesn't mean you go out and purposely do something and he will deliver you from it. Okay. So what the devil's doing is he's saying, well, since King David wrote in Psalms that, you know, that the Lord will keep you from getting hurt, why don't you just throw yourself down off the mountain, try to kill yourself, and God will, you know, he'll, his angels will lift you up. Well, you know, if God wants his angels to lift you up, if you fell off of a mountain, he would do it. But, you know, if you throw yourself off of a mountain just for spite, uh, I, I don't. I don't really think. I don't really think it's going to work out very well for you. Now, if you're saved, you'll end up in heaven. I do believe that, but you know, you're just going to get there a lot quicker. So, of course, Jesus responds, and what do you think Jesus responds with? Well, another another scripture, more more words of God. So Jesus says unto him, according to Matthew four seven, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, you can find that that Jesus just quoted. The verse he just quoted was in Deuteronomy um, chapter 6, verse 16. And it actually says, Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Now, basically saying, you know, don't tempt the Lord is the same thing as saying, you know, don't test him. Don't put him to the test. Don't tempt him. Because, you know, he could save you if he wanted to, so you could throw yourself down. But, you know, don't don't tempt 
the Lord. Okay, and it says, goes on to say, you know, as ye tempted him in Massa in this particular verse. You know, so what exactly happened in Massa? Okay, well, basically a short story on that is the Jews, okay, after being delivered out of slavery, out of Egypt, um, you know, the Israelites, they had rejected the promised land by the lack of their faith, and they're being led to the desert um, by God from one place to the next, and each time they're basically getting all these different trials and testing. So anyway, basically they eventually stopped at a place where there wasn't any water, and they start arguing with Moses because Moses is the one out leading them around, and they're complaining, and they're telling him they want some water. So that's basically where Moses responds by saying, why do you put you know, the Lord God to the test? So supposedly, you know, the word Massa means test, and basically, you know, God is testing the Israelites here to see whether they're going to follow his ways in the wilderness while they're wandering around, and of course they didn't, um, so, you know, they never left. They never left that wilderness. They all died there. So anyway, um, yeah, you're not supposed to just assume God is going to protect you. I mean, he may. Uh, but he probably isn't if you go and do something stupid to yourself on purpose just so he will protect you and then expect him to do it. That would be trying to test him, and he's probably not going to do it. So, you know, if you decide you want to jump off a cliff, you're probably just going to land on the ground and be dead, obviously. I mean, I wouldn't try it. I mean, I'm sitting here reading this. I mean, Jesus didn't try it. So if Jesus isn't going to get away with it, and he's going to say, don't tempt God, I don't think any one of us is going to get away with it. So, again, in Matthew 4, 8, as it says, of course, the devil, that he ain't done yet. So, again, it says, The devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he says unto him, All these things I will give thee, if thou just fall down and worship me. And Jesus says unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, quote scripture again, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So, two things there before we get into that verse here. Well, the first is, the devil took him up and said, I'm going to give you all these things. I will give you all this stuff, all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. So, if you don't understand right now that the devil is in control of this earth, he owns it, okay? He owns it. He is in full control over everything on this earth, all everything. Now, God is allowing this to happen, but don't believe for a second the devil's not the one controlling it, okay? He offered it to Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't say, what? You don't own this stuff. This is mine. Or, are you crazy? God owns this stuff. You're nobody. Oh, no. He didn't say any of that. He didn't dispute it at all. In fact, he just said, thou shalt, not, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only. Okay. He didn't say anything about the devil not owning it. He just said, you can worship God only. So, in other words, I ain't bowing down and worshiping you for anything. But Satan's running it. Okay. So, like I said, Jesus responds with more scripture. And he says, get thee hence. In other words, get behind me. Satan, for it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. 
And basically, that's taken from Deuteronomy as well. Um, chapter 6, verse 13, that says, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shall swear by his name. So, then we go on to Matthew 4, verse 11, and this pretty much ends this little scenario here with the devil. And it says, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So, you know, he's been out there for 40 days and 40 nights. He's hungry. He's tired. Um, here comes Satan offering him the moon and the stars, which he doesn't own or can't control anyway. And so by the time it's all said and done, you know, the angels come and they minister to Jesus. So the point of all this is, is Jesus was able to get rid of the devil by quoting scripture. Okay. The devil actually tried to get a hook into Jesus by misquoting scripture. So you can tell right here that the devil, I mean, he obviously didn't have a Bible in front of him. You know, he's not standing there with an Old Testament in his hand because, you know, the New Testament at this point hadn't even been written. I mean, it's it's half these people, I guess they're alive, but Jesus is just getting started in his ministry, okay, at this point. So none of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, none of that has been written yet. So I guess there's some Old Testament floating around out there somewhere, you know, that had been written by David and all the others. And, you know, I'm you obviously know Satan doesn't have a copy of this. There are no copy machines out there. So he knew what had been written. So how did he know that? How does he know everything verse by verse? You know, so he must be around when this stuff is being written. He must be reading it himself. He So he knows. He knows what's written. And that's amazing to me that the devil knows everything in the Bible. He can even quote the Bible, you know, and it doesn't affect him one one bit. And I've said that before. People have said, oh, you know, if you can ask somebody, hey, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah. Or are you saved? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe in God. Oh, really? So does the devil. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ. Really? So does Satan. Okay? Not only does Satan believe in Jesus Christ, he's had conversations with him. He's tempted him. Didn't do him any good, but he's had it. So, I mean, do you think just, you think having a conversation, okay, you believe in Jesus, you think having having a conversation with him and believing in him is going to get you saved? Nah, it's not doing any good for Satan. So, you know, you can believe in God or Jesus and all that stuff. It doesn't mean you're saved. Okay, you actually have to say, hey, look, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he was put on this earth and died for my sins and his blood, you know, is the atonement for my sanctification. I believe he died for my sins and I can't get to heaven without him. Okay, I'm relying on what Christ did on the cross in order for me to get to heaven. I can't do anything. I'm a sinner. I was born a sinner. You know, there's nothing I can do except receive a free gift. I can only be given it, given it to for free because I can't earn it, don't deserve it. So how can you do anything for it? Basically, it's like, you know, giving a, a mangy dog a bone. 
you know, we're that mangy dog. I mean, they don't deserve it. You're just giving them a bone. You're giving them a free gift. So we're given a free gift that we don't deserve. Okay. And all we have to do is accept it by faith. And that's really all there is to it. So, but you know, scripture is very important and basically it boils down to, you need to read your Bible. You need to get you a King James Bible and you need to read it. And, you know, I'd probably start in the New Testament. I'd probably start, you know, after Acts. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are fine, but start after Acts and go forward. You know, Romans, you know, Ephesians, all those. There, You're going to learn a whole lot in there. So, anyway, I sure hope that, you know, I sure hope this helped you. If this helped you in any way, you know, I pray that you share it. Share it. Send it out, whatever you want to do. If you have any questions or comments, you can give us an email at truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. You can also head over to our website. It's a very simple website, but it has some links on it, and it has links to all these podcasts, and it has a link to the email. Um, it's kennywilliamson.com. So, uh, yeah, just give us a look up, uh, McKill's Deck Chronicles. You can find us on all the major podcasts. Any, anywhere you can get a podcast, you can get this, you can get this podcast, McKill's Deck Chronicles. So thanks again for listening, and I sure hope this helped you, and God bless you.